Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley, and thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we have episodes here every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. The NFL is known to have America's team in the state of Texas, but there's only one problem with that. There are two teams in the state of Texas, the other being the Houston Texans. Here in the Rio Grande Valley, we do have a rabbit fan base that supports the Houston Texas, and today's guest brings us Mike Garza, leader of the RGB Texans fan club. We discuss everything going on with the Houston Texans regarding this season and some of the past happenings that have occurred in the franchise's history. Don't forget, fans, we drop episodes every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. And hello, sports fans. Welcome to another edition of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. We drop episodes every week on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. This week's guest is from the Rio Grande Valley once again. When it comes to pro football, everyone likes to see the Dallas Cowboys as America's team and also Texas's team. But for that, you got to have someone else to tussle with. You got to find a way to have a nice Texas two-step. And it takes two to tangle. Enter Houston Texans 2002 to the NFL. Since then, this fan base has had its ups and downs. And right now, their season isn't going as planned. Their offseason was very interesting, to say the least. But there is a fan club for the Houston Texans in the Rio Grande Valley. And for that, I would like to bring in one of the leaders of the Houston Texans fan club in the Rio Grande Valley, Mike Garza. Mike, good day to you. How is everything going today? Good afternoon. Everything is going well. Uh, I think the Lord can't complain. It's a beautiful day, so it's all good. Now, tomorrow, if the Texans could win, it'd make the weekend even that much better, but we'll see. Definitely, definitely. So, Mike, get me get me introduced as to how this fan club in the Rio Grande Valley got started. Yes, it's been known to have its fluid cowboy fan base, the Pitaderas on Southmost. But now, let's enter this conversation like big boys. How, how did the Texans uh, establish a big fan club here in the Rio Grande Valley? Well, you are correct. Down here in the, in the valley, it's, it's predominantly uh, Calvary country. I'd say it's 75, 70, 30% uh, towards uh, Cowboys favor, or maybe, maybe, maybe not as much. But I have noticed in the last 10, 15 years, the, the, the fan base has grown a lot. And I, it's a lot more common these days to see. I'm com- uh, seeing trucks with Texan logos all over them, whereas before you they'd be scattered, but now it's pretty common now. So it's, I would say it's grown, but as far as our group, uh, 
Well, initially back about um, 10, 11, uh, no, like 10, nine years ago, we there was another group down here. It was called Los Tejanos of Sud. I was part of this group called the Tejanos of Sud back uh, about nine, 10 years ago. And uh, we'd get together. I'd go to some of the, the viewing parties, you know. Um, but for some reason, it just disbanded. Uh, I don't know, maybe over 13, it just kind of went away. And uh, a few years ago, me and a few of the guys were, uh, you know what, we should bring back that Texan spirit, you know, try to revive that Texan um, spirit down here. And uh, you know, we just had a couple of get togethers. What do y'all think? And and uh, let's do it. And we'll go by a different name. And um, we came up with the RGB Texas because there was a lot of people asking for it, you know, like, hey, yeah, for some Texan viewing things. So we figured you know, this was back in 018. And um, we decided to, let's do it. And we created a Facebook page, a Twitter account, you know, with our name. And um, there we go. So we started, uh, you know, we, of course, obviously we invited a lot of people to like it. We, uh, as it is, already had a, a Texan group, a, uh, uh, a close group on Facebook, which had a lot of members, like close to 500 members anyway, but it was all just Texan talk. And then of course we, you know, we introduced it there. And uh, throughout that 18 season, we'd have a few uh, get-togethers, like once or twice a month, we'd get together at local venues, uh, establishments, you know, some of the bar and girls around here. And it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> well, uh, I decided to t I decided to take a chance. I go, well, let me contact the Texans. Because I know back in the, back in, in when we had our, when there was that first group, uh, a lot of the gatherings, you know, they'd be giving away a lot of cool Texan items with raffle stuff. Like, and obviously there was some uh, affiliation with the Texans. They acknowledged them. So I figured, what does it hurt? So I made some calls to the Texans and uh, got through the right people. Eventually got to, I believe their PR department. I'm not sure exactly who told me what we were doing and uh, if it would be possible to maybe get some, uh, you know, cool Texan items to raffle off, give up at the giveaway at the, at the viewing get togethers. And well, uh, of course they're not just going to give, stuff to anybody who claims you know they're a texan fan or they have a texan group so they wanted to see so i sent them the links to my facebook uh, rgb texans page our twitter account and uh they emailed back and they said they were very impressed by the traction by the fan enthusiasm out here that we're creating so uh toward the end of that 018 season they, they send us a for that playoff game they send us a box of texan goodies you know uh shirts caps uh keychains and, and cool little things like that so you know we gave a lot of that away and then last year was the first year you know before the season uh, they sent us a send us a, another box of merchandise to you know to last through the whole season really cool gifts like uh we had an autographed deandre football helmet um or football actually and then uh, an autographed helmet uh i can't remember the name it might have been merciless i'm not really sure but and a lot of cool things though you know, we'd give away the little knickknacks before the, you know, to the first, you know, so, cer certain amount of people that would show up. And then we, we'd raffle off the really cool gifts. You know, we, we, we were very organized. We had a bullhorn and everything. So it, it just adds a lot to the to the excitement, you know. And, um, of course, at the end, when we give away that big grand prize, we're like toward the fourth quarter. It's, it's a big deal, you know. And whoever won that autograph, uh, DeAndre football, was thrilled from here to the moon, you know. Now, you know, I, I will share a personal experience that uh, did happen to me. Um, one time, uh, I want to say it was in 2007, 2008, around there. Mm -hmm. uh, I was probably either a sophomore or junior in college already at the time, and I went to Academy over on Jackson Road. I saw a sign that, hey, we're going to have uh, these two Houston Texans uh, players at the time. And sure enough, I uh, 
they were going to have them at the academy in Westlaco. So I yeah. said, you know what, I am, I don't care what happens to me that day, I will be there. And sure enough, that's where I find out about a uh, group, uh, the group of uh, Houston Texan fans uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. And it was so surreal to see the support that the team has. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, Cowboy Country this, Cowboy Country that, whatever. Now this has become somewhat of a house divided type of thing. And, I, and I'll never forget it was uh, JJ Moses and uh, in Corey. No, it wasn't Corey Bradford, but I do remember JJ Moses being there. And then mm. a year later, or a few years later, uh, Whitney Merciless and Alfred Blue come down to the uh, academy in Westlaco. Yeah. I remember taking uh, my pictures with them. Uh, I was given a, a, a handful of goodies, a, a lanyard, uh, and a couple of other things. And then uh, prior to that event, I remember going to a office supply store here in the Valley. That They had a, uh, a post-it dispenser helmet of the Houston Texans. Or no, it was a tape dispenser helmet of the Houston Texans. And then it was a post-it football dispenser with the Texans logo. I can't yeah. remember which one I got autographed, um, but I still do have them in day. It was a Whitney Merciless Alfred Blue. And I remember that. I just couldn't go. I remember I, I could not take the day off from work, but yeah, my brothers went, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just so surreal. Uh, to see that, and I'm, and you know, in the following times that the Texans organization has sent down a a caravan for players to come down to the Rio Grande Valley to give away autographs for a while at an academy or wherever it may be. It's, um, it, you know, it's just so surreal. You know, Brownsville's a little far away from me, so I, 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 I won't risk to make that drive. But if it's Westlaco, if it's far. Where it's Wes McAllen, count me in. Count All me right. in. I'm, I'll be there. Uh, no problems. Um, and one of the things that, you know, that entices me to, to follow the Texans because I've been fan since old two since the inception of the franchise. What? This off season has been quite interesting. Yeah, it wasn't our best. I mean. O'Brien is has pretty much been given the keys to the Lamborghini. Already has a few nicks and knocks on it. Mm -hmm. The first big knock that it has, trading away DeAndre Hopkins. It's, it was unbelievable. None of us could believe. It. Is he really doing that? And then what we got for in return? You think uh, we can get more than a second in David Johnson? I mean. Uh, Minnesota traded a digs to Buffalo, and I believe they got a first, second, fourth, and a fifth, or something like that. And he's nowhere nearly on the on the level of uh, DeAndre. So he got in a lot, a lot of our opinions. He he got fleeced big time. And and let's move on with the Miami trade: Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, and a handful of draft picks for those two players. Yeah, you want to talk about getting fleeced? Yeah, you talk about Kenny Stills, who hasn't played a complete season in Houston. Laramie Tunsil, who was supposed to be a quote-unquote 
franchise lineman has not played to that level yet. And it just seems like O'Brien as a GM has not cut it. Do you think he might be the first one to get cut from either duty, whether it's GM or it's head coaching duties? Well, I think uh, they both come together. I think if he's gone as one, he'll be gone as the other. And I, and I think this is a season where I think the uh, top, the brass finally, uh, this is like his do all season. I mean, not, I'm not sure how to word it, but uh, I think if, if we, if the Texans have a, a horrible year and don't show any improvement as far and, and go up at, you know, do more in the playoffs than they've done in the past, this should, you would think there, I mean, this should be his last year and it'd, it'd be both. They, I'm sure they'd relieve him of both of his duties. I don't think he stays on it as either one. Okay. Could, you would could, think, but you know, sometimes what we expect to happen doesn't. And sometimes as the Texans have shown us the last couple of years, uh, we should learn to expect the unexpected, you know. Okay, with, with that being with that being said, okay, you get you get rid of your head coach slash GM. Where does that put Where does that put Deshaun Watson at this point? Because well, you cer- you certainly want to build around him, mm-hmm. but now that you've been fleeced for at least another year, so you're going to be throwing away this year, the following year. And then I, I you kind of start recovering a little bit from those draft losses. If I'm correct, I we gave him the first and second round pick last year and this year, right? So I, I would think that next year or in two years, we should finally have another first round pick. And the good thing is that Deshaun's still uh, fairly young. What is he, 24? So, you know, even if there's a new regime uh, change, uh, say, next year, he's still 25. And I don't think he's even hit his prime yet. So I, it's, it would be a bad move. Uh, it still gives him plenty of time to – to learn a new system and uh, grow with another head coach. So regardless whether he enters the prime or not, you got to take also this into consideration. All the beatings he's taken throughout his first three, four years in Houston. Okay. He's taken a lot of hits. Okay. He hasn't had the, he hasn't had a constant starting, uh, starting line, uh, lineman, uh, a, a constant, steady uh, rotation of the linemen. Well, this is the first year that uh, the Texans actually came back with the same line as last year. We came back with Tunsil, uh, Sharping, uh, Nick, uh, center, then Fulton, and and Howard, our first round pick from last mm-hmm. year. So you, we were hoping that there's some kind of a, you know, a growing process where they're growing together. But you really haven't seen that as much. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a little consistency finally, but. It hasn't been uh, – they haven't produced like we thought, you know. Uh, so they might have to maybe draft for death or draft a, a few more linemen next year, you know. Uh, I think there's a couple of weak links in that line. Okay. And another thing that we – that I've noticed, uh, Deshaun, uh, he's as great as he is, he does have the tendency a lot of times to hold the ball. You know, he sometimes he needs to do what Brady does, whatever. Just if it's not – if the play is – there's nothing there, get rid of it, live to fight another day. He'll uh, he'll take the sack when he, he could have just thrown it away in the game. The play's over. Save some wearing chair on him, you know. Save save some hits on him. A lot of times you see him going out of bounds, and they're gonna you know get it for a loss. Throw the ball away, you know. Uh, save that loss. Save the two three yards you're gonna lose. So I think he still needs to grow up mentally uh, a bit. But yes, the the offensive line hasn't been gelling like we thought it would, and there still has to be a little bit more improvement on that part. 
As I'm being joined by Mike Garza, one of the founders of the RGV Texans fan club, a official group for the Houston uh, Texans a fan group. I, you know, I've got to ask you, you know, you earlier you mentioned about having these uh, get togethers, uh, having the, the fans uh, follow, follow you guys on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, how often do you, with, everything that's going on right now with all the restrictions going on uh how how often do you guys meet to prepare for events to perhaps one day go to Houston and go to an official game or just continue to have these uh, local events here in the Rio Grande Valley because the Rio Grande Valley expands from like from Roma to Sao Padre Island and you guys have a lot of fans in between how do you guys just manage to uh, get everyone together, meet in one place centrally, and have uh, and have a good time to watch a, a good NFL football game? Well, you know, we'll uh, uh, change up the venues where we're going to get together. You know, you know, mix it up. We'll do some. Uh, in the past few years, we've done some going from McAllen all the way to Harlingen. You know, just to be fair to the people from there. So that, but you know, to their credit, a lot of the people from Harlingen have come all the way to McAllen plenty of times. But we'll do, uh, you know, we've done uh, some in, in uh, McAllen, Edinburgh. We've done uh, one or two in West Texas, I believe, and we've gone as far as Harlingen. And uh, just to make it fair, but so, uh, as far as this year, we've only had two so far, and we picked Dave and Buster's. Uh, one of the reasons, or two of the reasons were, uh, first of all, they have huge screens. It's, it's beautiful. It's like you're at a theater almost. But then also, you know, because of the whole COVID thing, you know, we need a little distance between each other. It's, it's big enough to where we could space out. So uh, last year we'd go to a few that were great, a lot of fun, but they were smaller, so everyone was, was very bunched up. And you know, we just gotta keep the whole social distancing thing in in, uh, in mind, you know. And uh, and what we'll do is like I'll be the one that I'll, I'll call a venue, and I, you know, we're gonna do this, and they usually keep specials or whatever, you know, they're glad to have us on board. And then we'll announce it that we, hey, you know, or you know, we can advance. We're gonna get together for this game, this place, so and so. So we'll try to do at least two um, two per two per month as far as traveling uh, uh well this is it's obviously very different with the whole corona thing uh and you know the limited capacity but um usually that's just more of a personal group of friends and stuff like last year we went for my birthday like about 10 of us for my birthday back in october to the to the falcons game and uh you know but we'll announce it we're gonna go and see who and, and uh, whoever wants to go uh, is welcome to join us and we'll try to get together before the game for a picture because once you get there you know it's everyone on for their own you know everyone's sit uh, seated very differently so but it would be nice um one day to find to go uh as a big group you know uh, and actually it's funny you said because I, you, back in 11 with the previous group uh, for some reason we were able to get on the on the field to hold the flag during the during the pregame ceremonies you know and that was that, what a great experience that was you know we were on the floor on the ground we got to walk by the players and during the Star Spangled Banner or the Texas song, I believe, we were on the field before the game holding the flag. And that was awesome. And I was hoping to do that again. And well, last year, um, I, the, the Texan rep that I, I coordinate with, I mentioned that to her. And uh, she said, well, it's too late for this season because, you know, I, by the time I asked, the season was already in progress. But, you know, uh, hit me up before uh, this season with the time. And we'll try to get your group out there to, to, to get on the field uh, to, to hold uh, the flag during the service, service, opening game ceremonies. However, you know, with the COVID has really messed everything up, the fans and everything. So 
I guess we'll have to put that on the back burner, but that's something that we want to definitely uh, do at one point. Is there any membership fees that say particularly I myself, you know, I, I, you know, I missed out on the first fan club that they had. I did follow the Facebook page uh, quite closely, but now that there's another opportunity for uh, new members to possibly join once this podcast goes, uh, goes live, uh, what are the membership fees or what does one need to do in order to join in? There's uh there's a, we don't do we don't have any membership fees. Basically it's kind of informal in a way in the sense that we'll uh, like we have a lot of friends uh on our Texan close group buds. It's a Texan buds uh group that we have. And then we have the RGV Texans and uh, we get a lot of messages, hey, where are we get together? So so it's just basically if you're a Texan fan, you're welcome to show up hoping repping Texan gear and um and we'll take it from there. And it's pretty neat because we've really, over the last two years, we've got to meet a lot of great people. We've really, uh, I guess you could say, we've got a nice little Texan family click going and um, people from Harlingen, Westland. And now we're like on first name basis. You know, initially, when we first started doing this, a lot of people would show up. Is this, you know, is this where we're, yeah, this, this is uh, Mike and this is so so. And welcome aboard. And uh, then it was becoming where it was a consistent thing. And we got to, hey, what's going on? And so so. And, and uh, we became like a little Texan family, you know, where um, we know each other by first names and, you know, we're, we're, we're friends uh, in addition to uh, just being uh, fellow Texan fans. So there's no fee, just show up and hang with us. Uh, hopefully you're wearing some Texan gear, let's rep the Texans and that's pretty much it. And uh, let's build this Texan family as much as we can. And uh, we have over the last two years, it's, it's been really neat to, to get to know and meet, and meet other Texan fans throughout the Valley that we probably wouldn't have known. So, um, we welcome any Texan fans on board and to any of our get-togethers, and uh, it's a lot of fun. In addition to the excitement of the game, uh, like I said, we always have a lot of Texan goodies to give away, and we'll uh, uh, always raffle uh, some really cool uh, Texan uh, memorabilia. And I I've got to ask you, throughout the the lifetime of the franchise, what's been your number – what have been some of your favorite moments of the franchise? Well, initially, just having the team back in Houston was was awesome. Uh, I grew up in Houston, so uh, when we lost the Oilers back in 96, 97, I was devastated. I, I felt like uh, I had no team to root for. I mean, I would kindly – I would half-heartedly root for the Titans because Steve McNair was there, Matthews, Munchak, a lot of the – my favorite Oilers were still there. But it wasn't the same. So as soon as we got a team, I was like, yes, we have something to watch on Sunday. But as far as favorite moments uh, – well, I remember uh, back in 11, our first playoff game um, was we were at Rods and it was exciting when J.J. intercepted the ball, threw it in. That was a that was a great uh, moment. When they clinched their first division back in 11 uh, versus, uh, was it, uh, versus Seattle or Cincinnati, uh, uh, Kevin Walter had that touchdown at the end to, to, to seal the deal and just winning our first division title after but what uh nine years without one that was a really special moment and even going before that at 97 when we finally had our first winning season we beat the Patriots that year you know considering we had um all losing seasons in addition and a few uh, 500 seasons having a winning season back in 09 was a big accomplishment and that and that was really special but um there's been so many it's hard to, it's hard to really tell uh uh, the last week year, I had the privilege of going to that Patriots game, so that was really something. You know, finally getting to beat Brady and the Patriots, uh, that was really a highlight for me. But there's there's many, but those are the ones that come to mind initially. 
for me, some of the ones that come to mind was the first time when they beat the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. Yes. That's been like the number one nemesis mm-hmm. where like, okay, this is a year we got to get him. And yet yes. for like the first five, six seasons, we could never beat the Colts. Absolutely. Yeah. The one season that we got them both home and away. Wow. Was that was, Oh, well, that, I know uh, we cannot get that monkey off her back. And I think it was either 2012 or 13 when they finally they got them, uh, when they got it off our backs. Well, I think we beat them in 011 finally. Uh, and then uh, the first time we won in Indy was back in 014, I believe, when uh, I know Clowney had the big sack at the end of the game to kind of help seal the deal. That was huge, just winning over there too, because, you know, we could never win there. But yeah, they, they were always our number one nemesis, and we could never get that monkey off our back. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you there. And then for me, the second biggest moment uh, winning beating Cincinnati in Cincinnati with practically the fourth string quarterback in TJ Yates. Oh, yes. In order to help us seal the division. I don't know if you can recall that game. That that was a primetime game if I remember. That, that is correct. I want to say it was a Thursday night game. Yes. Um, and it was a low-scoring game, something like 10 to 7 or 13 it, to 10. It was, tw- it was 12-10, if I can recall the final. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll never forget that game because I was working a college basketball game in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and there was enough time for me to just head to my vehicle Try to go to uh, to Logan's or to any establishment showing the game. In fact, I want to say it was a Monday night game. I want to say it was a Monday night game. We had that rare non-conference game at home on Monday night. I stopped at Logan's. Uh, they had ran out of the of the special that they had that day, so I had to haul it a little bit further south on Tenth Street get inside a wing stop and watch the game itself. I just ordered uh, a large drink, large uh, celery and carrot sticks and let me watch the game. Uh, Another moment that, uh, that made me go wow was the playoff victory over Oakland uh, not too long ago. The one where they did not have, uh, Derek Carr available. Back all the all sixteen season, that yes. was fun. That that was such a fun game. And then for me, the very last one, it was that battle Red Day Sunday, when they had um. They were wearing the all red uniforms. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum was the quarterback, where the team just went off in the first half, and then in the second half. The collapse happened. Versus the Colts? Yes. Oh, that, that was the 13 season. That was just a disaster of a season. Yeah, that's where Kubiak went down, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that was, every- yeah, he had, yeah, I believe it was a go uh, during the season, wasn't he? Um, uh, 
I want, well, let's just say that everything oh, no, that I went, it was one of those seasons where everything went wrong and it went wrong, okay? Even everything didn't, didn't go wrong. Even if you didn't plan for it, everything went wrong that season. You, yeah, lose, you lose your head coach. You lose. You lose your starting QB. It was just like everything just mounted adversely for the Texans that year. But yeah, it, it's just, it was like a domino effect. Yeah, and when DeAndre, when Andre Johnson went off in that first half, I'm like. Okay, there's hope here. There's hope. And then Peyton Manning just being Peyton Manning and the Colts. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah. I try to forget that season, but it was such a nightmare. But yeah. No, was... but that was like that. But those are like moments that that come up in, in, into mind. Like, yeah, I remember this game when this, this, and this happened. You know, you try to remember some of the good. You try to remember some of the bad, and that was like, those were like some of the moments, like for me as a huge. Yeah, no, of course. Fan. I mean, you don't forget those, but yeah, it was. It's part of our history. Uh, I told. I, how could I forget last year's Buffalo game? We were uh, RGV group. Uh, we were there. RGV text. We were at the at London's watching the the Buffalo playoff game, and uh, you know our offense was so lifeless the first half and part of the third quarter, and it just didn't look good. And even the crowd, you know, we were having a good time, but. You could just see there was no energy. You know, we just – I guess we all thought the season's kept in because they're the, I think Buffalo had like a, what, 6-3 lead or 6-0 mm-hmm. lead and didn't look good. And uh, the spirits were definitely down there. But as we were coming back, the, the, the venue started just jumping. And by the end, everybody's going crazy, jumping, you know, everybody hogging. <laughs> people that you don't even know. We had about a good 80 to 90 people there at, at, London, at London for that viewing. And uh, – just everybody giving high fives, hugging each other, people that we didn't know. But that's how we've got over the years. That's how we've got to know each other. Just at these events. But that was a very uh, – the game was exciting. And then just being with a lot of Texan fans uh, made it even that more, much more special. So yeah. I, I, I can't forget that. That's one of the ones that, you know, we'll, I'll always remember too for those two reasons. You, you know, for me personally, I'll never forget that particular day of that playoff game. Um, you know – when and this was like even before I started like doing my own podcast, I had I had my brand already released and everything, but finding editing software was one of my like number one priorities to get that day, and I was so thankful that there was a local affiliate station here in the valley that carries the Texans games. It's one hundred two point one FM. Thank thank goodness for FM radio. Um, I was able to listen to the game and I could just hear Mark Vandermeer's voice like not giving up on this team. This color guy, Andre Ware, he's all like, he's like that other half, like he was like right in the middle, you know, he, he was like, if this team comes back, it's going to be this year. And, and, it's, and sure enough, as the plays were developing and, and all that stuff. You could just hear the the tone of, of Vandermeer just change into absolute madness. Yeah, I can imagine. And for me, uh, finding that editing software at the time, let's just say it took me 
uh, it took me off my zone thinking about the playoff game for a good while. And that thankfully for me, I was able to find the right stuff. I am where I am right now, but that Buffalo game was something special. I arrived home within the last six minutes of the game. Uh-huh. I did not move from the kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely. I did not move. And you're all like, are, are you okay? I'm all like, yes, I am okay. Just settle down. Let me watch this here. Well, watch how this team will perform. And, and, and sure enough, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, I saw the game on my DVR. I'm not, I I saved it. Uh, never getting deleted. It was it. It was one of those uh, all-time Texan uh, games, you know. Uh, and speaking of all-time Texans game, what's been your your favorite game of the Texans? Like, what's like the what's the one that takes it up on the top spot? Well, like I was saying earlier, I, I, you know, when we finally clinched our first division title in 11 at Cincinnati, I remember Kevin Walter um, had that uh, inter- uh, touchdown in the last few minutes. Uh, that was special because, you know, up to that point, we had losing records in, uh, what, nine of our first 10 seasons or non-winning records. And uh, to clinch a division, you know, in the same division you have our, our rivals, the Colts and the Titans, that was really special, you know. We're gonna, you know, gonna make it to the playoffs, and for me, that would all because you know how they say the first time is always the sweetest. Uh, for me, that was very, that was probably it. You know, I still remember the magic, you know, the excitement. We wanted the title, division champs. We're going to the playoffs, the postseason, first time. You know, so that for that reason, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. A lot of times, the first time is the sweetest, and. Uh, that one, that one sticks out a little bit more. But, of course, there's been so many games, uh, great Monday night games and uh, many of the games. You know, that 11 season had tons of great memories. You know, we beat the Steelers for the first time. And uh, the first time we beat the Colts. But just a clinch in our first playoff spot after, uh, what, we uh, about uh, what, 11, 10, 11 years of not making the playoffs was, was absolutely magical. So that one stands out just a little bit more than a lot of the other games. And, of course, you can't forget the first game, you know, Playing the, the Cowboys, our state rivals, and nobody gave us a chance. Obviously, we're an expansion team, and to win that was just man, you couldn't uh, you couldn't ask for a better um, opening game open to our uh, franchise. You know, for me, the biggest game in franchise history. Um. Oh my! I mean, you can look at the first playoff game. You can look at the first division winning season. You can look at so many other things with this team. But for me, the number one uh, moment that has uh, stood out for me as a Texans fan has been the very, very first playoff game the very first playoff game versus the Bengals yes yeah, uh, that, that is one of the uh, that's probably like the biggest moment for me as a Texans fan the very first uh, 
Um, you know, uh, man, 2011, 2012. I mean, oh, uh, so just so many memories for that game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I that um, you know that that old eleven team. I I think will always be our best and. Uh, it's just so unfortunate that we lost uh, Shab uh, with six games to go in the season. We had just won seven in a row. I remember uh, Tony Dungy and ESPN saying right now that the, Cal- the Texans are the hottest team right now, perhaps the strongest. Because we had a top-notch defense, you know, uh, top-notch offense. We had it going, man. We were rolling. And uh, and then that when Matt gets uh, hurt versus Tampa Bay, that just blew the – it just uh, deflated us. But we were able uh, with Yates to go two and three in the last five games. And, Kind of left into the playoffs. Whereas with if Sean would have got hurt, firm believer, we'd have had the best record number one seed home field advantage. And uh we could have taken it all the way, you know. As it is, you know, we beat Cincinnati with Yates and then um, we played a very tough Buffalo team up there and lost twenty to thirteen. Uh and Yates throwing four interceptions, but our defense was really that solid that it kept us in the game. And uh I'm a I that was our best team. If Sean doesn't get hurt, AFC championship easily and who knows. But uh some you know, being a complete Houston fan, it's I'm always saying it's the curse of H Town, you know, and, and stuff happens. But um, I think the day will come, you know, with with a quarterback like Deshaun, it has to happen. All curses are broken at one time. The Red Sox finally won a World Series 04. The Cubs finally won, and my beloved Houston Astros finally won in 017. Um, so you, it'll happen one day. I'm I'm a firm believer in that, but we just need to get a good. Uh, leadership in there and uh you know thank you know thank goodness that uh, we have a franchise quarterback to kind of at least to um as a leader of our franchise so i think it'll happen we just got to be patient and let's see what happens you know do you think do you think we'll have a a houston texans caravan coming up soon I'm not sure. You know, with the you know with the pandemic we're going through, a lot of things are up in the air, and uh, a lot of the things that you think that would happen now are not necessarily happening. So uh, that's a tough one to really answer. I'm not really sure at the moment. Yeah, it, you, know? you know, I mean, I, I I've always uh, been a person like, hey, the more distractions you get from a uh, from a negative situation. Mm-hmm. Let's use those distractions to make them a a positive. And I, and I'm glad that you guys, as an organization, are coming are coming back as uh, as as a true fan club that there is. Um, I'm just glad that there's something different other than the Dallas Cowboys of uh, fandom that there is down here. Um, I'm, I'm glad that there's something different. I know I've seen. A few scattered of uh, 49er jerseys, Seahawks jerseys. I've even seen a, a Cleveland Browns fan club oh, here in the Valley. Okay. Cleveland yeah. Browns. Let that sink in. Yeah. You, something you wouldn't think of, you know. But Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad that the Houston Texans are starting to divide up that house that has always been dominant of the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, I want to Thank you again so much for coming in, talking Houston Texans, and hopefully one day there's um, there's a caravan that comes down 
just to see, uh, meet and greet some of the Texans. I know, um, that'd be awesome. And just keep, um, let's just keep having these, these keep, to, uh, these uh, ga uh, gatherings, you know, yeah, if gatherings. possible. And uh, hopefully one day I'll, I'm able to pop in and just uh, say hello to you, all of you guys. Uh, win me a couple of keychains and walk out, or something to that magnitude. I mean, hey, uh, stay along with us. You'll have a you'll have a great time. It's all the the more the merrier, man. It's always it's always awesome uh, welcoming uh, new members to our Texan family, you know. And so uh, hopefully you can join us one day, and uh, you'll have a, you'll have a good time. The more yeah. the merrier. You know? And once again, just give us the social media handles for both uh, for both your Facebook and the Twitter pages, so that way you guys can br uh, bring more of a following. Yes, our, our, on Facebook, it's it's the RGV Texans. Uh, at one point, somebody created RGV Texans, but they never really followed through with it. Uh, that there's like, I don't think it even has any uh, traction on it. But ours is the RGV Texans, and our cover page, our cover picture, or uh, is is a big group picture we took at London's, I believe, about seventy of it. Well, there was a whole a lot of us, but it's a big group picture, so you can't miss it. The RGV Texans, and if you scroll down, look at the page, you'll see. Uh, albums picture albums and and uh, of all our gatherings and you'll you could you could see the excitement i think the pictures tell a great story so that's uh the rgv texans on facebook and go to twitter uh same thing the rgv texans all right many thanks mike garza of the rgv texans fan club truly appreciate the visit uh, the visit uh Thank look you. forward to doing this soon again and thanks for your time Absolutely. Have a great day. Go Texans. All right. Thank you. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. <laughs>